Excite. Excite? Who is Excite? I'm Ray from Mystery. Hello, my name is Excite. Last name Guy. Yeah, Excite Guy. <laughs> You and your friends are all gathered for a movie night. It's a classic sci-fi thriller. Is this I mean, pre-COVID or after? Are we all in masks? What's happening? I mean, <laughs> it's a fantasy world. Oh, cool. Just, you know, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Suspension cool, cool, of disbelief. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Uh, let's say it's an outdoor movie night. You're all six feet apart. Okay. Everybody's masked. You know, you're being responsible. Can we still toss popcorn into each other's mouths from afar? That doesn't sound COVID safe. It doesn't. Yeah. But <laughs> we've all gotten the shots. We've all, we're all second shot in. The movie is hitting its zenith, its most exciting point, when all of a sudden, the cruisers that are invading Earth in the movie start flying out of the screen. Whoa, 3D's awesome. They come out of the movie and start attacking your neighborhood. It must be time for another episode of High Mystery! Mystery. That's right, it's a podcast where we smoke weed. We talk about the mysteries in our universe. Today shall be no different. I'm Colin. I'm Tristan. I'm Robert. We're the crew. Uh, you know us by this point, probably. Hopefully you're a longtime listener. Um, Don't worry, you're not actually being invaded by aliens. That was just uh, a brilliantly told tale from Colin. Thank it's, you, thank you. You know, some people hear things and they just immediately, that's fact. That's, yeah. that's, that's happening right now. Yeah, that literally happened in the 1950s yeah. when they did the first reading of uh, War of the Worlds. That was that was the deep cut I was going for. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that, though. People legitimately thought that there was an invasion of Earth because the story was so compelling over the radio. Yeah, and it was the first time dumb. people were like, this is... This is fact, but it's not fact. But yeah. fact. <laughs> For sure. Like that little misnomer you can put at the beginning of any movie based right. on a real story. It's like, well, yeah, there was a guy named Dan. Loosely based. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There were people. Uh, this is the podcast where we smoke weed and talk about mysteries. I have with me today a special little joint. It is a baby Jeter. Oh, I've been mean to go get those. Yeah, it's a Mai Tai flavor. Uh, and it has 35.25% THC. And if you're like, Colin, I thought we could only go so high. Don't worry. It's laced in keef and has like a hash oil and they'll probably like. Yes, it's infused. And that's how we get above the 35%. It has been pointed out that traditional, uh, plants cannot get over 35%. That's like the impossible mark. So. Well, impossible until some brilliant herbologist cultivates the next dankest strain. You're, if someone can make a new reaper pepper that's like 10 times hotter than any uh, reaper pepper that exists, we can do that with weed. I think it's something about like the chemical structure of the plant. Like that would make it too crystalline in order for like the plant like to, to survive. Form, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. I don't really know the science behind it. I, don't, I just heard that. It's there was, though. When I was working in the industry. I've got a blunt. It's packed with forbidden flowers. It has got 35.13% total cannabinoids, 29.92% uh, THC, 0.08 CBD. What's the brand name on that? Forbidden flowers. Okay, so what's the strain? 
Uh, I'm sure it's there somewhere. <laughs> Around the, all uh, the strain passion project. Oh. oh, interesting. I like the forbidden flowers. They have very uh, shimmery, shiny jars. They yeah. look very fancy. Every time we get one of those, it's like, I guess we got a shimmery jar. The, the jar itself is also like, is that colored glass as opposed to it's a, maybe? It's a pinkish. Yeah, it's not clear. They also have blue and like other colors. They don't settle for just selling you a blue or like a clear jar of weed. They want it to have a little pageantry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm smoking on what they're calling a mini cannabis pre-roll, but I will call a micro or a nano cannabis pre-roll okay. based on its size. This, <laughs> this to me same. is, see. It even got beat by the baby Jeter. It did. <laughs> in more ways than one, because it's also not infused, I don't right. think. It's uh, not rolled in Keith. It is Sleepwalker. It does have a THC of 21.102. Okay, not bad. So, you know, I'm sure, I shouldn't be too mad at it. <laughs> it's weed after all yeah yeah it should Good get me to too. where we need to go today is at least at least until our patreon episode that we record sure mm -hmm. we are going to touch the tips of our joints together as yeah, we ritualistically do rub it on there, rub it on there. every episode <laughs> uh and we invite you to smoke up alongside us. I'm using a little bit of hemp wick here in order to keep the butane off of my pre-roll. As am I. Uh, Rob is the only one who loves the taste of uh, I mean, I'll be your guinea pig. <laughs> see what it does to my body over years and years. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate your sacrifice. It's for science. Yeah. So today I had originally planned on continuing the story of Bigfoot because when I was in high school, I had an English teacher who told me that there was a guy who had claimed that he was behind all of the Bigfoot stories and that he had casts of giant feet that he went out and pressed into the mud in order to like fake it out and stuff like that. I'd be like, somehow someone date those casts for me. I'm sure that can be done like... Because anybody can go and make them now and be like, yeah, I'm the guy. <laughs> well, so anyway, come to find out that I couldn't find anything on a guy who was like the guy who substantially said, I'm the dude. There were like 60 plus people who, who said that they were in the suit in the famous Bigfoot footage. Like, look at my bad breasts. <laughs> Clearly yeah, right? it was me. Exactly. A lot of, lot of like out there people claiming that it was them. But it, it turns out there isn't really this guy who is like... The singular source. Exactly. So basically, sorry for promising you that episode that will not be coming. <laughs> you did Unless do. You, the guy's out there listening right now and he wants to call in. I mean, I don't think we have a call number. So write uh, into the, the website or the emails or comment on a thing and be like, I'm the guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you've got that claim, please come forward. But you did an episode about the actual video footage that right. was all known and loved. Yes. Correct. And you said that that guy who took the video, he's gone on record saying that, you know, he's not part of any type of hoax. Hoax. Yeah. yeah. So we can say that if there was somebody in the Bigfoot, he wasn't in cahoots, or at least this guy in claiming he's in cahoots with him. Right. The guy who yeah. took the footage, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if nothing else, the guy who took the footage went to his grave saying, this is just footage I caught out in nature, end of story. So, but anyway, the point being, there wasn't enough substance 
to close out the mystery with what I thought was mm -hmm. substantial. Uh, there's no actual evidence to support that there's some guy faking the Bigfoot. By the way, this is completely off topic, but we do that here when we're smoking weed. What? The other day I was driving to your house and I saw a weird looking thing in the sky. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Really? Until I got close enough to realize that it was one of those like Chinese lanterns that people float in the sky. And it made me think that like, yeah, if one is going off in a place that you're not expecting it to go off, it could look very suspect. And so mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of those things where people are like, I seen something crazy. Now I feel like they, yeah. Before I was like, it can't be a Chinese, like, you know a Chinese land when you see yeah. one. But that's <laughs> yeah, usually because you see like a bajillion going off at the same time and you know that it's happening. But when you see like a random one-off one somewhere where you're not expecting it. Suddenly the wind catches it, it goes really fast right? one way, it goes really fast the other uh, way. And you're like, no! Craft could possibly go so fast. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want to point that out there. I was slightly fooled for a second. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, in lieu of the Bigfoot episode, we are going back to one of my favorite types of episodes. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another episode of Vroom Vroom T-Bird Turner's Totally Tubular TV Theories. Nice. Oh, you got to get on your... Movies. Yes. <laughs> Can't forget those movies. I was gonna say you have to get on your TikTok and explain some of these of your TV theories because that's a big thing right now. There's a whole like thing where it's hashtag uh, fan theories. Okay, I can definitely do that for High Mystery, but uh, there's always new ones coming out. Like there's new ones on shows that we've already talked about that I hadn't seen before in my research. So yeah, it's definitely a hot topic. But, Fans be posturizing. Today we got a fresh steaming pile of TV theories. Oh, no. Nice, fresh. fresh. Fresh, you can tell, you can feel by its moistness. It's wet. So in a way, it is a Tristan's Hole. Nice. Because we are recapping movies that we have already talked about theories on. And his is also moist. Ah, and piles happen. <laughs> yeah, steaming piles happen. <laughs> First up is the theory that Willy Wonka is a serial killer. Okay. We did that one, right? I mean, we did. We've talked about how Willy Wonka's chocolate factory was an allegory for hell. Murder. Hell. Oh, okay. Because the children could represent the the seven deadly sins. Well, but didn't we, we talk about how, like, every step, like, when they drive in a thing, they have, like, the perfect amount of seats, and if there wasn't a kid that didn't die off, then, like, they wouldn't have all fit on whatever vehicle they were taking that, to the next. And we never see the kids after they have... Uh, been disposed of right so i mean like they could all be dying and he's just like oh they're going to press her get all the juices out <laughs> I mean, we're gonna throw the carcass away but those juices are product those are yeah. of those Willy are the Willy Wonka, Wonka yeah. corporation we also property. never see the fam the parents again either well i mean you guys are just basically covering the mystery here oh, we... but i thought that's what i said we talked about it briefly during that about how we don't see the kids Sure. Uh, basically, you know, it is what I just said. Some speculated that it's just a Saw-esque way of getting these children. Mm -hmm. So, like, this elaborate scheme that he knows can work out just fine. We see why Wonka is unfazed at each accident and also why the Oompa Loompas are prepared with their songs. And just like you guys just said... The car gets smaller each time. You know, they have just enough seats for every person as they go through the different stages of mm -hmm. the Wonka Museum. So, And I feel like, I don't know, he just 
knows that these kids have weaknesses, you know? Like, he, I'm pretty sure Augustus is going to go crazy and eat some stuff that he's not supposed to eat. I'm sure, you know. And, of course, Mike TV is interested in the TV section of right. the warehouse. Yeah. Veronica yeah. Stahl is going to be a brat at some point. <laughs> Veruca. Veruca, yeah. That's all right. We'll forgive you. Uh, I'll, I'll lash myself later. <laughs> but yeah, that's just the idea is that Wonka is basically in on this whole plot and it's intentional. I guess we did talk about it more than I realized, but it wasn't one that I actually laid out. We talked about the death thing. I wish there was someone who was a fanatic enough who went through and like retranscribed everything that's in that initial contract that they have to sign. Because like there's some like fine print and, oh, that, yeah, and i would be sure i would be curious to see if anyone has actually like gone through the trouble of figuring out what exactly that contract said and like what those kids were like signing their their lives away to it sure. would be kind of nice to see if like that thing still exists and somebody has it in some like fucking warehouse somewhere the actual contract look it I says bought. right here that yeah. you're willing to give your soul to satan if you die yeah, in the right. premises of this building yeah and I know if I were the one tasked with writing up this contract for this movie, I'd be putting in some pretty weird shit in there. If you, Just for oh, funsies? Yeah, yeah like oh, if I were the fucking writer on Willy Wonka, <laughs> I'd be writing some like weird, weird stuff, yeah. especially in the very fine print where I'm like, you know, There's you're no going to be sold into this. slavery or some stupid nonsense that like you would never be able to read well hopefully something like more whimsical than you're going to be sold in this <laughs> hopefully like if the participant ever gets a dog they must buy two more dogs <laughs> sure <laughs> that would be on the larger print that one could read okay <laughs> uh but yeah that's just basically the theory is that willy wonka is a serial killer and all this is rigged for him to kill kids I mean, Kevin McAllister. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a Saw continuation. Yeah, I mean, he he's only done this once. Invited people over to his that we know of. Well, that only one publicized at yeah. the time. Well, it's because Wonka Factory had gotten closed for this long period of time. So at a certain point, Wonka's factory must have been open. To the public. In the beginning. Right. Yeah. Some long time before Charlie it was ever born. Before Grandpa worked there, before... Something yeah. like that, yeah. I don't really know. Mm. We need. You, you're right. We need a Willy Wonka... Backstory. Yeah. We need... No, I don't no, no. We saw that in the Tim Burton <laughs> nonsense. No, I don't mean like as a child. I mean like, you know... I know what you mean. Like build out the world a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next one on the list comes to us from the Harry Potter universe. Harry Potter, Harry Potter. I guess it encompasses the books and the movies, but it's the idea that the Dursleys are actually lovely people. Oh, okay. His, like, step family. Yes. Who, like, puts him under the stairs. They're his aunt, uncle, and cousin. Uh, and we see them in the books and the movies just treat him like trash, basically. He Again, lives... they make him live under the staircase. Yeah. They don't treat him as they do their own child. Right. Well, this theory goes that the Dursleys are actually just nice people, but Harry was one of Voldemort's horcruxes. Mm -hmm. So he split part of his soul into Harry. 
And we see in the stories that horcruxes negatively affect the people around them. So they started out a well-to-do family, but then like the more they like housed Harry, the more it like took a toll on them and they became shitty people. That's the idea. Exactly. Because we see that in the woods when Harry and Hermione and Ron are all going through their angsty situations. Yep. Yeah. They literally like have this huge fight. Ron leaves. And he knows that if he leaves, he can't track them again. And, you like, know. you can, at least in the, I forget if it says in the books, but in the movies, like, you can see that it, like, physically is also taking its toll on them. Like, not just mentally, but also physically. Which makes sense. I mean, they're living out a very hard existence at that time in the books. Yeah. Um, I feel bad for those parents now. Right? They like, were... I always thought they were dicks, and now it's like their lives have been taken over by this hairy fella. Yeah, they're they're the victims of this yeah. whole thing. They're trying to do good, and it's really Voldemort who's to blame because all the evil goes sure. back to him essentially. Mm-hmm. But yeah, essentially the idea would be that they were just, you know, maybe they didn't know that much about Lily and James's lives as wizards because they're Muggles and yeah. Lily and James weren't. You know, they were magical, so they went off to school and left them behind at the house. I mean, they might have just been normal people, and then... No, I mean, they're definitely muggles, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, are they still muggles after the first Harry taking to to Witch Academy? They're always muggles. Oh, yeah. 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 You don't become a non-muggle just by knowing a wizard. Like, exactly. Oh, I thought, I thought that was the people that didn't know a no, wizard. No, they're just or... the non-people yeah, so, who don't have powers. So, like, Hermione's parents are both dentists. Yeah. So they know their daughter's a witch and that she goes to Witch Academy and all that stuff, but they're not like exposed to the world. Oh, okay. Of, so of they're muggles. still they're still muggles. They know of witches and powers, but exactly. not necessarily what powers she possesses. I guess so. Or yeah. To the extent of it, yeah. We don't see her parents too much because I think yeah. it's a difficult thing to explain, like sure. how exactly that works and yeah. how the human world still like magically doesn't know about the wizarding world. Well, it's like unless you you know, it's like the mafia. Unless you're part of the family, you sure. don't really know what they're doing. Right, oh, okay. but you, you kind of notice that Vinny, like, goes off on his boat out to sea each yeah, weekend. Or like, you know, like, of, like, uh, bags full of something. Exactly. Like, like, wow, that's a lot of duffel bags you have recently. Just get together and play squash with this guy once a week. I don't really know what he does. <laughs> I will say something that leads to the theory is that if they were really such shitty people, why even take him in on the first place? If they were those people they'd be like nah fuck because they're not getting money from somewhere they're not getting any benefits they're literally just yeah uh, initially i guess out of the kindness of their heart and then it just i could definitely see that that situation happening because if why else would they even be okay you know no one's I don't know. Did they threaten them? Were they like, look, if you don't take care of Harry, like the wizard's going to be showing up? And I'm not totally you. sure. I mean, I know Gandalf, or not Gandalf. <laughs> what a trip did I just have? <laughs> I know yes, Albus Dumbledore. Yeah. Uh, Dumbledore leaves a note on Harry when he leaves him on their front stoop. But I don't know. I don't remember what it says. Although I have read every single Harry Potter book. It is hard to keep all that stuff pretty right. straight because there are 
uh, eight books. So yeah, and it's not a linear story for the most part. Like they start like jumping back into memories and shit. Sure. You're like what the fuck? Yeah, there's a lot of people to keep track of. It's kind of like a Game of Thrones big world full of people. So sure. Yeah. Bunch of hobbits running around. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of mythical creatures. So. Yeah, you also read those books too. You get some like the wizards and. I mean, when you start having one actor crossing over, like it makes sure. it even more difficult. Yeah, I can't think of any Harry Potter actors that are in Lord of the Rings though. Didn't they? Were they considering Sir Ian McGowan for something in Harry um, Potter at one point? Maybe they were considering him. <laughs> Taking over as Dumbledore when the original Dumbledore yeah. died. Was Robert Pattinson not in either of those? <laughs> I, don't, I don't He was I a vampire, I, I, right? I, 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 let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, the next theory is an interesting one because it's like just a mystery in general, but it still comes to us from the Harry Potter universe, is the idea that J.K. Rowling is the character Rita Skeeter. Okay. So in the Harry Potter worlds, we have Rita Skeeter, who is this, like, super nosy reporter. Right, we'll do anything to get the story. Yeah. And, like, fabric, you know, it's like a reality TV or tabloids, yep. like, very much, like, fabricated, taking things out of context. Like She'll basically, like, write whatever story fits her narrative and doesn't really care who falls by the wayside. She writes this false story about Harry and Hermione being this, like, epic love interest, which they're not, obviously. Yeah. Uh, this is the idea that J.K. lived the life of Rita Skeeter in the actual magical world. So, like, in our world, Harry Potter universe is legit right. and real. Okay. And the woman we know as J.K. Rowling is actually Rita Skeeter. So when she was exposed as a liar and an embellisher... She was ousted from the magical world, came to our world to write the Harry Potter series. I will say, and I don't know much about her pre-Harry Potter, like, other than, like, she wrote it on some napkins in a coffee shop or something. <laughs> <laughs> on a flight from Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> I had always heard it that she was living out of her car when she wrote the first book. Well, I so, I, I thought don't. she was like a stay-at-home wife and like was in like an abusive relationship. The with fact that there's already so many stories makes <laughs> me really wonder if she is this wizard lady. That is kind of interesting. Yeah. We all had like a unique perspective on her backstory. Yeah. Thought she got like divorced from this guy like right before she wrote the book. She was like got out of this relationship, was like, you know what, I'm going to try and be that author that I thought I could be and wrote a book and became a huge success. That's so funny because I thought she was, like, living this tramp's life in, like, a VW on the side of the road and had, like, a big burly friend, and that's why she wrote Hagrid. And okay. Uh, like, but I don't know where I got this from. Nor do I know where I got my information. <laughs> I thought somebody told me at once. JK is weaving a web. I mean, us. any of you JK fans out there... <laughs> let us know yeah because I'm, we clearly are very uneducated on the world of jk rowling i know she's rita skeeter that's true <laughs> i know that much no. I'm, I'm still pretty confident she wrote it on napkins at, in a restaurant or something or <laughs> wrote like seven shop. tomes <laughs> seven tomes the first one made her famous pretty quick yeah so mm. she she had money coming in after the first book <laughs> i don't think she wrote all seven books 
on Matthews. <laughs> well, that, that's that's what she has her success. Yeah. yeah. She's, got, she's got the winning. Although, to be fair, like, there's no other author that I know their, like, backstory anyway. I don't know most famous people's backstories. I don't I, know. Stephen King. Uh, I know that he threw Carrie in the garbage, only his wife to take it out and say, you should try and publish this one. Published sure. it. It was his first book, and he made hundreds of thousands of dollars off of it. There and he go. couldn't even afford his electric bill living on Maine. Moral is listen to your wife. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, the next one up on the list is the idea that Aladdin shows a post-apocalyptic world. We did that one. Surely we did that. Yeah, I feel like if we didn't do it, we talked about it. Guys. Because we were saying that the genie, like, knows things about the future. And so it only, or, the you know, what happens in their future. Our our present. Our our present. You know, he talked about Johnny Carson and shit like that. The only way he he could have known that. Yeah. yeah, Is that that already happened. This is the thousand or so years into the future. (laughs) And he sings, it's a whole new world. He's telling yeah, us right? it's a whole new world. <laughs> I and mean, there's no other like outside towns that we know of outside of like the yeah. princes that come in every now and then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like we did talk about it. I mean, maybe we did. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I wrote stuff down. That was <laughs> <an answer. laughs> this is all you prefaced that this was all Tristan's soul. So we might be touching on new information that we didn't necessarily talk about. <laughs> Possibly, maybe Tell us I don't more know about this diamond in the rough. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, basically, just said it all. <laughs> the genie makes all kinds of pop culture references, including a spot on Schwarzenegger, uh, despite having been locked in his lamp for ten thousand years. Uh, uh, yeah. I also do like the idea that like. All his stuff doesn't play to Aladdin. And in the movie, we're like, oh, because it's from the future. He doesn't even understand that stuff. But it's kind of funny to think that it's like old timey jokes. Like, yeah, so far back. So far back that that's why he doesn't understand the jokes. Maybe he gets a radio signal in that lamp of his. He's just catching all the episodes of Johnny Carson and shit like that for thousands of years. I mean, he has ultimate cosmic powers. And just knows the future. I don't know that. I'm just saying that's what he says. <laughs> Ultimate cosmic powers, itty bitty living space. He definitely yeah, has that's that. True. Um, okay, yeah. That's the idea is that Agrabah is the only place around. It's the only place that survived. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Sorry. We didn't talk about uh, the briefcase in Pulp Fiction, did we? No, I don't remember that. No, no. But I know, I know this. You know of this mystery? I know what it could be or what it should be or what it's commonly thought. Well, the header would be what's in the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Uh, Many fans believe the contents of the briefcase retrieved by the two hitmen contains the soul of Marcellus Wallace. Yep. He had previously sold his soul to the devil. Did he go to... uh... The Devil's Crossing or whatever. We don't know. We don't see it in the movie. So yeah. it's just how he became so rich and powerful, one would assume. Yeah. Sure. Or A, B, or C, whatever. Could be many different things. But we know that in the movie, we see uh, the lock code on the 
or on the briefcase is 666. There's a bandage on the back of Marcellus Wallace's head that we never get any context on in the movie. And in the biblical text, it says that the devil takes your soul through the back of your head. Oh. <laughs> and this also makes the glow in the briefcase make sense. Okay. Yeah. Also, we never <clears throat> see his eyes until he gets the briefcase. Marcellus Wallace? Yeah. We only see the back of his head or him wearing sunglasses. When John Travolta gives him the briefcase, we see his eyes. And from that point forward, we can see his eyes. I always so just assumed it was like the gimp suit. You know, and it was just the reflection off of the shiny gimp suit. What? <laughs> I know the gimp suit. Tristan just wants us all to remember the gimp suit. Moment, I think. That was Think his favorite, his favorite part of the movie. I mean, really? if you leave that movie and you don't remember that scene, no, yeah, you've been horribly traumatized yeah. or something. You must. You you would have blocked it from your memory. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most people remember like John Travolta dancing. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's <laughs> other memorable moments. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But uh, hard Bruce to Bruce Willis that. on a motorcycle. Yep. Who's it? Zed's dead, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the idea behind that. I believe it. Yeah. Could just be a few bars of gold. Could be, but yeah, I mean. Could just be a sweet LED system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, he could just want that briefcase. Maybe it's an empty briefcase that lights up when you open it. He's like, <laughs> man, this is a nice briefcase. This is why I get all my custom stuff done. <laughs> it's totally worth killing all those people for. <laughs> I want to watch it again and watch the reactions when the briefcase is opened and stuff and be like, what would make sense for the reaction? I mean, he do, he is taken aback. He's like, about the cigarette's about to fall from his mouth type of thing. He's like, are we good? Yeah, we're good. And then he closes it. Like he's staring into somebody's soul. Huh. His own. Yeah, Marcus Wallace's. Marcellus Wallace. Marcellus Wallace. There you yeah. go. Marcus Wallace is just the guy from Denver. Yeah, it's just his accounting <laughs> agent. <laughs> he sells mushroom spores. Uh, the next one on the list is the idea that Bob is the saddest burger seller. Oh. Yeah. yeah. You know, fan theories love to have like dark turns on things that are wholesome. I'm just going to say it right now. I disagree because <laughs> he's so passionate about his burgers. Well, he goes well, every day he's trying yeah. to make it's, new. It's not about his passion for burgers. I mean, else. if you're doing what you're passionate about, are you really that sad? I mean, he seems to have a loving wife and kids. You know, he seems to enjoy his. He gets Keyword seems to. Oh, the theory sure. is. That early on, Linda died. Oh. oh no. Yeah, and that's why Bob bought the place next to where her funeral was held. Oh. So Mort's in the show, funeral. Bob's restaurant is right next to Mort's funeral home. Uh, the three accidents in the credits are meant to display how all three of the kids were killed over oh. the years. Louise died in the fire. Jean was bitten by a rat and got an infection and died. And Tina was crushed by a falling utility pole. Uh, did they all die at like these ages that we see them at? Like they made it to that point or? Exactly. Okay. And that's why they don't get any older. The idea is that each time he had to reopen the restaurant, he went a little crazier. 
and the show is all his whimsical hallucinations of the life that should be. I mean, they're already within the non-whimsical world. He makes voices for things and he talks to things and, you know, he'll like have a conversation with like, oh, yes, I'm the thing that Bob's talking to right now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. He absolutely does that. Like, uh, I think just one of the recent episodes I saw, he got a juicer, which was like a vintage yeah. 1950s juicer or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he just was having that do voices and stuff. But also, like, he puts a ton of emphasis on, like, making Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. like, which is tr- traditionally a meal for your family. So, I don't know. There's something to it for sure. And all the people who reference the kids and all the kids who play with the kids. I mean, is he envisioning all that? That's what I was wondering, because they do act outside of his imagination. They interact with kids from school. Like, he knows their subplots, their their (laughs) B-stories, if you will. Yeah, I mean, sure, why not? (laughs) If somebody can write it. It's like WandaVision, but for Bob. It's just he's like living alone in this ghost town and he's No spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... (laughs) WandaVision's so fresh. We gotta watch ourselves. (laughs) This will be out a week later. Right? Thank God. This has nothing to do with WandaVision. Hopefully hopefully if you're listening at home, you haven't seen that last episode. There are are a few people. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Spunky One and Maui. Maui. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed I feel it. like the people who are listening to us on Twitch are up to date. They're they're hip with it. They know what's going on. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. They they will explain to us what's happening. Yeah. Like, Look, you're a little mistaken here. Technically. <laughs> what's actually happening in WandaVision is, right. I will say. Um, what else was I going to say about that? Just Bob is also like pretty sad. A lot of the time and also his burger numbers don't make sense like he would have to sell something like 13,000 burgers a day to afford his rent I feel like they're all 595 and that's just that's you know McDonald's prices right there yeah it's a very cheap burger yeah it makes Jimmy Pesto an even bigger dick yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> he's already harassing poor Bob, but now he's doing it to this widowed man who like has also lost his children. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Maybe Bob's really hard to deal with, and we don't see all the stuff Bob does to Jimmy Pesto. I mean, sure, we often see him like running around in his underwear doing silly stuff, being yeah. loud. So yeah, maybe he just lives at the house above this place, and it's been like torn down, condemned, or whatnot. They never reopened after uh, that last, you know, light fixture crashed into the building. And so he's still living in the place above. And every now and then he goes downstairs and pretends to cook burgers for <laughs> all these dead people and people that don't speak to him now because he's gone crazy. Definitely could be. I mean, like, think of the crazy different things that have happened in that restaurant. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, where do they was... have the money to keep building up? I mean, they get in the in the the show. We assume they get it from uh, what's his face, that rich guy who like owns the building, Mister Fishoder. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I imagine that's you know, and they often talk about him like being late on rent or like you know, that can explain the burger sales and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. Who's to say? 
only the creators of the show can know. Would Teddy be like some crackhead who just happens to like wander in and be like friends with him? Yeah. He's like, give me another burger. (laughs) 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 These aren't burgers. (laughs) They're just sitting down there doing drugs together. Right. Yeah. We made it even more sad than I ever thought it could be. What you can expect here on Hot Mystery. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, This last one is a really interesting one. Uh, It's the idea that Courage the Cowardly Dog is based on a real couple in New Mexico. Courage the Cowardly Dog. I don't know. You don't know Courage? Never saw it. Oh, really? Little Purple Doge? Okay, Tristan definitely knows. Basically, there's a house in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Uh, And it's like basically the people from that painting with like the pitchfork or whatever you know like yeah. the famous old couple yeah, yeah. And it's actually world. a farmer and his daughter yeah oh so in the picture couple. yeah oh uh, well in this case it's a couple courage <laughs> the cowardly yeah. dog it's a couple yeah it's an older couple uh muriel and i can't remember the guy's name but basically they're an older typical older couple the older guy is pretty crotchety mm-hmm. muriel's really sweet and they have their little dog courage and he's always protecting the family from, from like crazy shit that's happening. Yeah, just insane monsters that are in the house. Sometimes they like take over Muriel's mind, mm-hmm. or like okay. sometimes like Muriel just doesn't even notice that there's a monster in the house and Courage is like fighting it off and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it's almost very reminiscent of like old cartoons of like Tom and Jerry where they have to like babysit the baby and the baby's just like walking around having a baby day and like almost dying all this time, but like but Tom, Tom and Jerry are like yeah they're racing with a two by four to like put a path exactly. so they can walk across the skyscraper or yes. like is this uh, Hanna Barbera is this an old cartoon it's is Cartoon this... Network yeah Cartoon this Network is more so it's like circa Powerpuff Girls type of thing yeah a maybe little, before a, a little later I think actually. later yeah okay. Powerpuff Girls was actually on, been on TV forever like it's okay. crazy like I think they had like. 23 seasons or something crazy. Yeah, they've been around since I know the 90s at least. Yeah. So I would circa 92,000. Dexter's Lab. Yeah, so okay. And it's for that audience. It's not like for an adult. It's not like a grown up. It's for kids, but it definitely like toes the line. It's a pretty legitimately creepy show at times. Like it gets pretty scary some of the time. Okay. So it was part of that new wave when Cartoon Network was getting Adult Swim. And so they would have like programming for every age and i would say courage was closer to the adult end of the spectrum than yeah. some cartoons i never watched cartoon network this guy i never did for shame i didn't <laughs> like i didn't i think it came out like around the time that i was leaving high school so oh man adult swim was my life at a certain point i was gonna say if Either of you were into uh, anime at any point, like uh, Toonami, Adult Swim was like the only place to get dubbed, quality dubbed anime. So like... That was usually the night when I didn't watch as much because <laughs> I didn't really care for Toonami. But it was also like... Saturday. I'm an anime nerd, so I'll claim that. It was also like Saturday night, if I remember correctly, or like weekends or something. It, it's definitely Saturday nights now. Um, I don't think it was a thing pre-DVR, so like you could mm-hmm. always like maybe set your DVR to record it, but, um, yeah. (laughs) Man, I still have stuff at my parents' house where it's like you popped it in on the VHS and hit record at the right moment. It still has those, like, 90s commercials and stuff. Mm -hmm. Anyway, 
Courage the Cowardly Dog, based on a real couple in New Mexico. So the idea is, in New Mexico, there was a couple, uh, a gruffer older man and a warm and sweet younger petite wife. Together they had one dog. They were well-known UFO and conspiracy theorists, stating they had spotted a skinwalker on their ranch. What type of skinwalker? Are we talking like the Native American skinwalker? Are we talking Flushgate? Your guess is as good as mine. We'll get into it more. For sure. Uh, A few days after spotting that skinwalker, they vanished. Only left was their little dog. Oh, he didn't... He didn't do it this time. So they found their little dog on the property, and that was the idea, is that the TV show was based off of this couple and their little dog. I mean, I could see that being a thing. Yeah, for sure. We will get into that more, because this couple has so much going on with their disappearance. It is a real couple. They did disappear, and their lives are worthy of their own whole episode. Nice. So my next episode will go even deeper into the supposed story that Courage the Cowardly Dog is based upon. So your homework, Rob, is to watch at least five episodes. (laughs) It's it's really short. I think five episodes will be like is every episode two episodes? I can't remember. Like two small stories, I think yeah. so. Yeah, like I think it's a twelve-minute episode for, and there's uh-huh. two per. Ren and Stimpy stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just like that. But yeah, so that's the idea behind Courage the Cowardly Dog. There's more to get into on it because these people have a whole crazy story, and I want to get into it for a whole episode. So the, okay, so this will be like fan theories. Part six, and then it'll be like part six B. Sure. <laughs> However you want to catalog it. Right. Whatever, whatever works for you. <laughs> but it's all, it's all dedicated to one fan theory. Yeah. This next one. All right, this cool. next one is uh, enough to talk about this couple, so we'll okay. get into them more. I'm excited. Wow, yeah. yeah. Same. I'm always like when somebody really disappears, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> yeah. Do it a lot. And hopefully that's a good cliffhanger. Our audience will be like, but when's it going to come? In three weeks. Boom. We got to wait three weeks. But there'll be other cool stuff in between. I'm sure Rob's got part three of his JFK. That's true. <laughs> yep. We're going to be talking more about JFK next week. Is that right? Or uh, Next no. week, I'm going to be bringing a yeah. little something. something oh, something. okay. All right. Following. I was going to do Lincoln. But I think I'm going to push Lincoln back again. Because <laughs> there's something more pressing, more current in the world that needs to be addressed. Okay. Interesting. Um, I will just say, uh, touching on the... Um, touch it. Touch it. We'll just touch it just a little bit. Uh, the Willy Wonka uh, killing mass murderer person. Uh, <laughs> one of our uh, Twitch people said uh, Hansel and Gretel had a witch that lured children to the candy house so very much you know in line with yeah okay. with a with a person using candy lure kids yeah it's just to just to kill them and it's also kind of like you know don't accept candy from strangers and vans and stuff because that's just the number Man one way. down by the river yeah. in a van. It seems like anyone offering you candy is well, an evil candy person in itself <laughs> is a lot of times like crazy refined sugars which in itself is like very bad for you 
And it, I'm just, I'm sorry. That's just, everyone knows that sugar is like poison to your body, especially when it's like that refined and that, like no one needs, I mean, candy's delicious. I'm going to say I devour <laughs> it on cheat days. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, but to the point of Willy Wonka, does that, if we go with that route, that he's kind of like the witch who lured Hansel and Gretel in, do you think he's then eating the kids? I mean, Maybe. it could be. He certainly turned, uh, what's her name? I can't remember. Into a whole blueberry. Yeah, the yeah. one that chews gum. And, and then, you know, you got to imagine Augustus is all yeah. filled with that chocolate, a good chocolate yeah. basting on the inside. <laughs> they all get sucked into the machines, you know? Yeah. So... Maruka salt can't possibly taste good, though. <laughs> I mean, what would have happened? We don't if, know the preparation techniques. Yeah. If, like, Charlie and his grandfather just... Didn't figure out how to... Yeah, burn. right? They would have just been torn up by blades. I can't imagine that would be good for their fizzy soda. That's the theory, right? That Wonka's intent was for them to float up into the blades. That's why he's really so upset when they, like, come back. He's like... Oh. Sure. Yeah, he's like... Oh. Guess I have to give these assholes the factory. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, I do have this elevator that goes into space. I could possibly kill them in space. I mean, it also goes down into the depths of the underworld. Yep. And he sure. seems to, when you go into his office, everything is just half of something. And it's like maybe he's just, you know, like even like there's a bust mm -hmm. of a head and it's cut in half. Huh. Maybe he's only half of his. He's a horcrux, and he's only half yeah. of his true uh, self. Yeah, that's his. That's his other self getting out. Yeah. Wonka is someone from the wizarding world who's like blended over into the human world. Yeah, and he just has enchanted all the the candies. Come with me, <laughs> and you'll see a world of pure imagination. And with that, you and your friends suit up. You start shooting down all the alien guns. Yeah, cross streams. They came through, but you knocked them all down. You battled for Earth, and you won. Oh, cool. You fought for your right to movie night. Boom. Oh, bonus. <laughs> and you won. Uh, for High Mystery, I'm Colin. I'm Tristan. I'm Robert. Thanks so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Our winner. New episodes every Monday. Want more High Mystery? Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash highmystery for exclusive episodes every Friday. Merchandise can be found at our website at highmystery.com. Stay up to date by following us on Facebook and Instagram at highmystery for fan art, news, and upcoming events. Thanks for listening.